Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everyone, just saying before you listen to this week's episode, why not watch it? That's right, this was recorded as the second in our season of live streams on our world tour. This one, uh, we were live from Asia. Can you believe that? I can, I was there. Oh, Oh, you were talking to them? No, I was talking to you. Okay, great. Uh, And if you'd like to watch this as well as last week's episode and the next two episodes, you can even get a season pass where you get four shows for the price of three and you can watch at any time at sospresents.com. It includes the episode and then also an extra bonus show that we did just for the live stream. All right, here's the audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and you guessed it, it's Matt Stewart. I did guess it and my name is Jess Perkins. Oh, hey Jess Perkins, I'm Matt Stewart <laughs> and he's Dave Warnicky for you. <laughs> Thank you. If you hadn't met him as yet. How wonderful. It's great to be here. Yes, it so is. So good to be here. We're doing a world tour uh, on live streaming Um And it is so good to be here in Asia this Mm, week. That's where we are. So we're doing these live uh, at an appropriate time for different regions of the world. And it is prime time, 7 p.m.-ish in Asia. It's 7 p.m. in uh, China right now, I do believe. So, you know, they've probably turned neighbours off. They've probably switched off the Simpsons repeat. Wow. And they're going, you know what? We've got a live stream straight in. From the stupid old studios in Shanghai. They're choosing us over Simpsons reruns. Well, I find that hard to believe. Well, I've just checked the viewership here and the entire country is tuning in right now. There is over a billion people watching this And I still don't have 10,000 followers on Instagram. (laughs) You're joking. Sorry about that. You are joking. I believe some of their websites are geo-blocked, so let's blame that. Let's blame that. that. If they could, they would. Exactly. If they could, they uh, if, would. If, if they could, <laughs> you'd have over a billion followers. Whoa, that's too much responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. 
I hope somebody's listening to this in the future and they're like, what are you talking about? She has like 20,000. You know what I mean? 20 billion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every person on earth just created three accounts each just to follow you. That'd be sick. Are you some sort of global dictator? Yes. But like a fun one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's about time someone brought the fun back to fundamentalism. I, I think. could not agree more. The fun police, but the actual fun police. Yeah. Hey, Matt, what is this show? Uh, well... I would love to explain it, but unfortunately my job's been taken uh, by someone else this week. Dave put the call out a while ago to ask for 60s-style jingles to explain the show. Because we're no good at explaining it five years in. It's so hard. It's really hard. And then, yeah, I put the call out. We had our first one last week from Puerto Rico, Mm. and it was an absolute banger. I loved it. It was great. But, yeah, they've continued to come in, and I believe Matt has organised to play one now. Yeah, so we've got one. This one, I believe, is coming from Australia only because they reference Triple M. Uh, okay. They say, this is from Jason Harrison. He says, it's not really a 60s TV theme, more of an American late night show crossed with Triple M. Okay. <laughs> uh, he said, but this is my submission for a silly intro theme. So, yeah, this one will explain everything. Great. Hit it. Coming at you from stupid old studios in Melbourne, Australia, this is the show where one of them does a report on a topic and the other two sit quietly and listen. This is Jess, Matt and Dave, and this show is called Do Go On. So that song made me think Triple M rocks football. <laughs> yeah. Triple M, Triple M. <laughs> that was so succinct. Jason, that was fantastic. Why have we struggled so much? Do you reckon he scripted it or he that was just off the cuff? I, I don't know. It made me done. feel good. made me feel happy. Jeez, uh, was that a samba? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, that was nearly a Jimmy Barnes. He's got piano <laughs> in his email address, so I reckon he probably played it. That's sick. And uh, yeah, that, that felt that felt real good. That was awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yes, thank you so. much. Do you think so he's much. any relation to George? I can only assume yes. Yeah. I mean, how common a name is Harrison? I've never heard of it before. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably his nephew or some shit. Yeah, how awesome! How good's that? Probably his son. Whoa. It's probably it's probably George Harrison. Could yeah. it be? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's quite an honour. That's huge. I mean, it is anyway. Even if you're not, but even more so if you're a Beatle. even honestly, Obviously, even more so. I mean, come on. <laughs> even more so if you are the de- the Beatle who died before we started this podcast, mm. that would be a real honour. That would be pretty mm. crazy. So now that we know how this show works, so uh, we always start with the question. It is my turn to do the report that Jason spoke about there, and the question to get us onto topic is: Who is the most successful pirate in history? Bluebeard, Blackbeard. We already did. Redbeard. Um, I've got a clue here. Clue, it ain't Blackbeard uh-huh. and it ain't Long John Silver or even Captain Feathersword. Is, uh-huh. it, uh, is it a lady pirate? 
It is a lady pirate. Oh. There's been... Seen this in the hat. Yeah. I reckon I put her up for a vote. I think I might have as well, and the name completely escapes me now. Okay, so uh, the subtitle might be The Chinese Pirate Queen, and we are talking about Ching Shi. Ah, yes. This has been suggested by a few people. Yeah, quite a few people have suggested. I put it up for a Patreon vote. I put up three topics all set in uh, Eastern Asia, Mm -hmm. and this was uh, the clear winner. So thanks to everyone that voted. And thanks to all the people that have suggested it over the years, going honestly years back. So first of all, uh, listen that we used to speak to a lot. Cecil mm-hmm. suggested it way back. Jacob Buckler, get ready for this name. Bernard Antonio Vera McCaffrey. Fuck yes, Bernard. All one name. Johnny Dawson, Brielle Strobel, Abby Garland, Josh, Juan, Darcy Williamson, Bryce Richards and Kelly Trey. God damn, some good names in there. Great Thank names. you so much, everyone. Great batch of names. This. Awesome. So you guys, I reckon I've put it, maybe put it up for the vote before. She's come second, I think. Yeah. Mm. You guys have done a similar I thing. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think I must have put it up to the vote at some point. And I haven't. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're going through the hat and you're looking for things to to maybe put to the vote, you do like a quick preliminary check to go, is there any information on Absolutely. this story? Or So maybe sometimes you do like a very quick one paragraph read. I don't even, I can't remember anything. I don't know if I've read much, if anything, about this topic. So I'm very excited about this. Awesome. Well, there's actually, no, there's not too much info on there out, out there, but uh, what I have found is quite interesting. So, okay. Um, let us begin. Very little is known about the early life of the woman that would become known as Ching Shi. She basically pops up in the history books as an adult in 1801. Uh, this was during the Qing Dynasty, which was the last imperial dynasty of China, lasting from 1644 to 1912. And Ching Shi was probably born somewhere around the Guangdong province of China in about 1775, meaning that when she pops up, she's probably 25 or 26. Yeah, okay. She was then working as a sex worker in a floating brothel in the city of Canton. Floating yeah, brothel? Yeah, never even yeah. thought of that. Of course. International waters? Yeah. Is that what they were just trying to get off the land laws? It makes everything better. International waters. Yeah. <laughs> Forget a waterbed. Obviously, that's helpful <laughs> in the trade. Have a water bloody sh- whole boat. Have a water boat. A water boat. <laughs> get yourself a water boat. Yeah. First of all, I used to have a regular boat. It didn't do much. <laughs> So I got a water boat, <laughs> yeah, and now everything's great. Honestly, I sleep so well now yeah. <laughs> on my water boat. So uh, according to Medium.com, which has an article about Jing Shi, quote, these boats would sail along the nearby coast with a customer on board. Back then, the Chinese perceived that the rocking of the boat added an entirely new dimension to sexual pleasures and enhanced the overall experience. Had, did, at, that, at that time in history, did they not know you could move during sex? Yes. <laughs> very, very stationary. Honestly, when the boat moves, it actually yeah. kind of makes it yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it, it used to take days. <laughs> like, Just like very Bit of emotion still. there. Oh, oh. oh we're, we're both having a good time now. <laughs> Before, neither of us was. Oh, we're done in three minutes. Yeah, we've well, got four days back up the right. sleeve now. Well, it's pretty choppy. <laughs> <laughs> so during the late 1700s in China and Vietnam, land was annexed and chopped up and redistributed by many parties, and many displaced farmers and fishermen turned to a life of piracy mm-hmm. to survive. Okay, they lost their jobs. Yep, we've got to do something. Piracy. Piracy. That makes sense. So the bush rangers of the sea. I like to call them. There you go. The bush rangers of the sea? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a rebellion broke out on the Vietnam-China border 
and one of the rebels provided money to pirates to take revenge on China. Okay. So basically, he won the war and then China and, and him eventually made up, but he never forgave them. So to secretly fuck up their shit, he started giving money to pirates. <laughs> Being like, you'll work this out for me. <laughs> and uh, this meant that in the 1790s, piracy in the South China uh, and the South China coast rapidly increased. Right. Because there's, there's more money in piracy now. It was in 1801 that today's main character, Ching Shi, married notorious pirate Cheng Yi, also known as Zheng Yi, who was the leader of the Red Flag Fleet of Pirates. Okay. Which is a pretty badass name. Yeah. Oh, Red flag. Red flag. It's not the scariest gang name. Okay. I'd like to hear a scarier one. Fire skulls. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, that's pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you try. Um, I mean, no pressure, only if you want to. Boggy boys. Boggy boys. <laughs> that's scarier than red flag yeah. pirates. What's the gang symbol for the boggy boys? Um, it's a it's a four wheel drive, oh. and the back two tires are like half covered in mud. But they are they're bogged. All, yeah, they're all leaning they out bogged. with their thumbs up because they're not they're not fast. Yeah. yeah, and a few of them are doing this. Yeah, doing some shuckers because they're the boggy boys. Yeah, we're bogged, but we're not bummed. We're, yeah. we're happy to be here. We love to be bogged. Yeah. it's our it's when we're our happiest. Our wet boat is bogged. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, okay, oh, scary pirates, oh, red flag gang, whatever. Uh. And so she's married Cheng. Uh, his family had been pirates for generations, very famous pirate family. He had managed to unite many rival Chinese pirate organisations and because of this he exerted a lot of power in China and in Vietnam. Okay. So he was a bad boy. All right. In 1798 he kidnapped a 15-year-old boy named Chung Po Sai who was the son of a fisherman. Cheng took uh, Chung, which uh, Cheng Po Sai, which translates to Cheng Po the kid, under his wing and treated him like a son. Chung Po was a talented pirate, being smart, brave, and a good fighter. And Chung eventually adopted the teenager as his own. Oh, okay. You're so right. he kidnapped him. Yeah, he stole him from his family. Then he trialed him out. For yeah, a bit. yeah. He went, oh. Hmm. Got this kid's got what it takes. He passed a few pirate tests. What? Then they like, had to go into like the council offices, yeah. fill out some forms, yep. make it official. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, right. So These pirates do everything by the book. That's <laughs> one thing that's very important. I respect them. that. I love rules. So he's, yeah, okay, so he's... he's kidnapped a kid. He's gone, oh, maybe you could be useful to me. I'll adopt you. Maybe you could be the heir to my throne. Yeah, totally. my, he wanted uh, my yeah, boat someone, throne. To, someone to take yeah. over. My water throne. Ah, my water closet. No, that's... That's different. Son, that's one day this water closet will be yours. <laughs> really? Thank <laughs> you. That's what they call closets on boats. Water closets. Yeah, that's where yeah, it came from. Yeah, it's water from. everything. A king once accidentally shat in his boat's closet and he said, no, I meant to. Water closets are for shitting in. And that's how it got its name. Yeah. That wow. is true. Yeah. It always comes back to kings. It does. Kings, <laughs> kings Kings can do anything. If they stuff something up, they've got the power to be like, no. Yeah. Meant to be. Yeah. You're doing yeah. it wrong. So it's some sort of king-related administrative error. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good on kings. Good on kings. <laughs> they've had it too hard for too long. Yeah, poor kings. Give them a bloody go. 
So it's unclear how Chang, uh, Cheng Yi first met the 25-year-old sex worker that would become his wife. Some sources say that he was infatuated with Ching Shi and ordered his men to bring her to him when they ransacked the brothel. Others say that he just asked her to marry him. Either way, a beautiful romantic story. Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. Every girl's dream. Yeah. Don't know if it's an either way scenario there, Dave. I think one of those is more romantic than the other. Which one? I'm not going to say. I'm not here. I'm not here to be telling people what is and what isn't romantic. I'm just saying definitively one of those is and one of those isn't. Did you do you reckon that romance is quite subjective? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief, no. Okay. Yeah, sorry I asked a stupid question there. What's, um, the, what's the most romantic there's thing? There's one yeah, way to romance. What's the most romantic thing? What's, Number one. What's the only yeah. romantic thing? Yeah, universally accepted as yeah, the most romantic, only romantic thing. Thing? Yeah. Like object? Yeah. Oh, it's obviously a big piece of <coughs> metal and um, a rubber outer coating. Right, like some sort of aluminium baseball bat. Mate, you are <laughs> making my heart sing right now. <laughs> Just Baby, I love you. <laughs> This much. Yeah. I'm learning so much from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hey, learning so much about you. You just hit my love out of the park. Wow. <laughs> this ain't no foul ball. <laughs> my love. <laughs> hey, my heart's bases are loaded. <laughs> and uh, we're on the second strike. <laughs> uh, four balls. You're losing this analogy. Um, Come on. Just let. Just say to Dave World to series. do go on. Just Cra- tell Dave to do go on. Crowd's Dave. full. You're my babe, Ruth. <laughs> They're all watching us. You've just pointed to the stand. <laughs> then to my dick. <laughs> and you knocked it out of the park. Knocked the dick out of the park, all right? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you the only right? romantic thing. <laughs> Do you need a hospital? Mm-hmm. Your dick just got knocked out of the park. <laughs> with love. Oh. <laughs> okay. If it's with love, that's all right. That's all right, then. So, we're not sure how they got together, but either way, the woman... Uh, so the moment this woman pops up in history, we realise that she must have commanded some sort of real presence because she married Cheng, this fam- famous pirate guy, and she was immediately granted a 50% control and share of his pirate crew. As it should be. Mm. You know? Uh, Should have got her to sign a prenup. What's yours so, no, is mine. They did not sign a prenup. So, yeah. Wow. So she's, just, she's like quite suddenly very powerful. Exactly. Really moved up in the world. Yeah. Uh, Diane H. Murray in Pirates of the South China Coast, which is a book on this uh, era, she says, Ching participated fully in her husband's piracy. So she wasn't just a bystander. She was straight in there. Walking planks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Testing planks. Testing planks. Swabbing the poop decks. Mm. Swabbing them. um, Sharpening swords. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, top to bottom. She was involved in every inch of the business. Loading the cannons. Invoicing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Inventory. Uh, but also killing cunnies. She'd do that too. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Up. That was their favourite thing. Yeah. But she'd also... Accounts, then go kill 100 people. Yeah, yeah, and then like put in an order for more toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To mop up the blood of her enemies. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, that's what reminded her. She used the last bit to mop up blood and went, <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, God. I gotta get some new bog rolls. <laughs> I could get a mop, but that's not how we do things around here. No. For some reason. We use toilet paper to... Mop up blood and we use mops to wipe our asses. <laughs> <laughs> History. Okay? Okay? We've learnt things. Weird sometimes. You know? Yeah. You know? Some of their customs might seem a little strange to us <laughs> in the future. 
but it worked for them. <laughs> so she's granted 50% of the business. She was also granted 50% of his son because she formally adopted the now 18-year-old Chung Po as her own son. Okay, but he's 18. He's 18. Does he need to be adopted now? Well, It's really just more like a... Which half, do you reckon, she took? Bottom. Top bottom. She took the bottom half. Well, the legs. Yeah. Yeah, I think as a, in the pirate game, they're the ones you want. Spare mm. legs. Yeah. Because they're, they're often taking wood. Yeah. Pegs. Pegs. But if you've got two spare legs. There you go. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's Someone smart. Someone a leg. Easy got another one here. I, I thought top half was nah. my first instinct. That top was half? Sick. Very yappy. Yeah, yappy. Very yappy. Legs can't Not very leggy. No. <laughs> Uh, I was also a bit like, why would you adopt an 18-year-old? According to uh, Atlas Obscura, which has another article on this, unlike in the West, adult adoption was often practiced in China in order to establish a kinship basis for further interaction, particularly of a business type. So he was was in line, basically, to the throne of this pirate kingdom. Yeah, right. So she's like, yeah, I'll... We'll, ad- we'll adopt you formally, but really he was more of a protege than yeah, a son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is she not mid-20s? So yeah. she's only slightly older than him? Yeah. Okay. But she did make him call her mum. Yeah, fair enough. I make most people call me mum, to be well. fair. Yeah, as you know. Yes, mum. <laughs> it feels weird every time, but you insist. <laughs> I'm two days older than you. You call me mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> but they were now a fully functioning pirate family unit. Aww. They began to run the pirate fleet together. Aww. Beautiful. This can't go wrong in my eyes. It can't. And this family unit turned out to be great at piracy. <laughs> With Cheng and his wife and now adopted son at the helm, the Red Flag Fleet quickly grew. Still think you could use a name change. Red Flag Fleet. Red Flag Fleet. Yeah. Red Flag Fleet. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> it's I think it's going to slip people up. The yeah. RFF? Yeah. Mm. FF. That's fun. RFF. 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 That is fun. Okay, good. I'll call them that from now on if I can remember. Through a combination of violence and Cheng's reputation, they were able to form an alliance with rival Cantonese fleets. In a few years, they went from 200 ships to more than 600 ships. Whoa. Eventually peaking at an estimated 17 to 1800 ships. Get out of town. What would you name them all? They've all got names. One. Two. Yeah, that's prob- that's the only easy way. Bill. Yeah. Oh no, Dave. Uh, <laughs> the system has really lost. lost of it. One, one. One. Number two. <laughs> two. Two. Bill. Two. Two. <laughs> bill. The second. <laughs> one. The bill. It sounds complicated, but once you once you memorize it, it's very easy. Yeah. One. Bill. Two. <laughs> one. Bill. Two. One. <laughs> one. Bill. Two. Bill. <laughs> All the way between for eighteen hundred. That's uh, so many what, what boats. Year, what yearish was this again? Uh, early eighteen hundreds now, right? Or late seventeen nineties. Uh, these ships were junk ships, which is a type of sailing ship. The word junk comes from a translation of a Javanese word for ship, jong, which the Portuguese translated as junco, and then in English it developed into junk. Junk ships. Okay, it's like in every house there's a junk drawer. Exactly. You know, it's where like scissors and ribbons mm, and second or third drawer. There's a ship in there and yeah. that's where they Gotcha. You think of scissors as junk? 
To be fair, that's always where the left-handed scissors were. In oh, my yeah, they're junk. Oh, <laughs> left-handed scissors. They have no. I, mean, I can't think of one use. <laughs> the normal scissors <laughs> would be you. out, like you know, with pens. They're and like stuff. on display. Yeah, they're it's handy. Like a they're but hanging out with their friends. They're <laughs> living their lives. Yeah, they're cool. They're popular. <laughs> and there's there's like two <laughs> or three pairs down the street because they're used so often. They get worn out. Yeah. yeah. So used by everyone. Yeah, everyone loves them. Yeah. 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 No, everyone. It is good, isn't it? I love scissors. Uh, the fleet ended up being so large that they had to colour code them. Ah, that makes more sense. The, the one bill, two bill. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect system, but <laughs> the lead fleet... The, the Weezer system. Yeah, that's right. The uh, the blue album. Black Weird album. they were calling them album. Yeah. Like How do you get 1,700 different colours, though? Oh, you just oh. have to be creative. You go to Julux.com. How to do, oh, and yeah, do it. Yeah, they could do it, yeah. How do they do it? Cyan. Yeah. Uh... Magenta. Yes. Crimson. Ooh. Uh, claret. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> What's claret? Red. It's one, it's one of one the of reds. One of the reds. Yeah, cool. Don't know that one. Now I've learned something. Again, I learned so much from you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a font of wisdom. Fount of wisdom? <laughs> uh, the fleet, the lead fleet where we found uh, Cheng and Ching, that was red. So they're the red flag. Okay. The other colours were black. White, blue, yellow, and green. Okay. And it says here font. Ah. Ah. Perfect. That's so funny. That's just what Matt was saying. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Uh, but sadly, uh, all good things must come to an end. It is so early for an all good things must come to an end. Wait, wait no. Well, the name we all know her now in history, Ching Shi, that actually translates as Cheng's Widow. Oh, and she got that name because Cheng died. It wasn't like a funny nickname, and then he died, and suddenly they're like, "Jesus, this is a bit awkward." <laughs> oh god! Oh boy! We've been calling you like yeah. Oh, we've been calling him Dead Man Walking <laughs> as a joke, and now he's dead. That is amazing. That her name, what you've been calling her, is her ex-husband, widow. Yeah, Cheng's that's what widow. it translates. That, that's what she's known as in history. It's they're not even that sure. What her name was at 25 when she right. appears in history. She became... I, I've i got a, a quick theory. Yeah. She Here just hit the scene. All of a sudden, he dies and she takes over. He's been very generous, giving her everything. I reckon it's just it's like an Adam Sandler scenario where the same guy's playing both characters. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. She's gone. She's like, oh, where's Ch-? And it was getting too much. She was having to come yeah. back to the poop yeah, deck. It's like, oh, you want uh, my husband, Cheng? Well, sorry, I'm Cheng Shi. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? And she looks in the mirror <laughs> and then she runs off and she has to get her man hair on. And yeah. She comes back. Yeah. And it got so tiring. She's like, I'm killing off the man character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun for a bit. But I've established myself now. And then you also get a bit of the sympathy as well. Right. Yeah, so totally. It sort of helps you. Yeah. I love sympathy. <laughs> Do you always cr- you crave it? I love it. <laughs> Give it to me. So, um, <laughs> sadly, hey, you'll be all right, you little <laughs> trooper. Just go, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the good shit. That's what you wanted. Aww. Aww. Oh, look at her have a go. <laughs> that's that's the good shit. So, sadly, Chang has died. His death in Vietnam at the age of 39, six years into their marriage, was quite unexpected. So, it was six years of her to and fro That's a lot of effort. That's so much time mm. to, to doubt but, fire. Yeah. 
Oh, mm. good commitment to the bit. I mean, I there's only say. so many cream pies in China. That <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have it on good authority. She did speak like that. <laughs> so, do you know how he died? No, there's many, many theories. Some say he died in a, like a, a typhoon. Other people say that he may have been poisoned. There's many. What do you reckon? I don't think he um, died of a broken heart. Yeah. Oh. But they were still married. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. Matt, do you I have mean, any six theories? years is a long time. Well, Dave said typhoon, he said poison. I think one or both. Yeah. Typhoid poison. Oh, typhoid. <laughs> typhoid. <laughs> Did I say typhoon poison? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did not mean to. <laughs> that almost makes sense. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, God, he's really on tonight. I thought that was very good. <laughs> that is one that turns wit- out you just, yeah, you just I, was, I was thinking that that was the wittiest thing you've ever said. <laughs> no, hey, look, my brain took over there, but it even, won't. that won't be happening again. Even when you misspeak, it's hilarious. Can't, I can't What miss. is it like being you? A genius. <laughs> It's the only way I've ever known. So. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know any different. It's true. God, jeez. So with her husband dead, Ching Shi needed to act quickly if she was going to consolidate power. Okay. She didn't want to return to her old life. Their adopted son, Chung Pao, was next in line to the leadership. So she had to manoeuvre quickly if she was going to hang on to the power. So Ching Shi took her own stepson, Cheng Pao, as her lover, and the two eventually married. So she stayed on as leader. So she married her adopted son. I don't love that. Yeah. In fact, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, you know what I mean? It's a uh, yeah. Well, Dave was saying it was basically business earlier. He was already an adult. Yeah, and you even and point out they're about the, the same the age, age gap's not that big. And by this time, he's twenty-five and she's thirty or something. Yeah, I mean the optics aren't great. Yeah, yeah. I still don't like it. <laughs> mm. And that's my opinion. <laughs> but I mean, okay, but yeah, I see that it's yeah, it's a it's a power move. Yeah, quite she literally. marries the next leader. Yeah, they can rule together basically, and it also they pro- rule. Yeah, <laughs> woo. It also probably helped that she rounded up some traitors and had them publicly executed. So nothing like lopping off a few heads to assert your dominance. Absolutely, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, female pirate leaders were not common at this time. I'll d- just point out, and pirate historian. Uh, Dan H. Murray writes of only one other, Mrs. Hon Cho Lo, who was active in Hong Kong in the first half of the 20th century. Wow. So, yeah. She's very rare. Yeah. She uh, is obviously a bit of a presence if mm. she can hang on to the power. Uh, and as leader, Ching Shi was an absolute badass who took no shit from no one. She had a strict set of rules, a serious pirate code that she expected everyone to live by. Wipe your feet at the door. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The door of the ship. The door of the ship. Great. Ships have doors, Dave. How do you get into them otherwise? Helicopter. Ah. Which helicopters do have doors? Well, some of them. One of those open ones without doors. Yeah. And then you have to jump from that. Yeah, roll off. Onto the top of a ship. Yeah. So, to you, ships are only the top part of a ship. There's no underneath or... They're like a floating platform. Mm. Okay. A barge. Yeah, a barge. 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 A barge. barge. Yeah, it's a barge. Yeah. Yeah. Was that one of her rules? Yeah, that was, no. One of her <laughs> rules was uh, any loot and or plunder that was seized had to be first presented to the fleet and registered. After this, it was distributed, but the ship captured uh, that captured it keeping 20% of the value, while the remaining 80% was placed into the fleet's collective fund. Oh, okay. Did you? Where did you get the term? Did you 
was the phrase loot and plunder in there? So are you quoting Captain Planet? I did thing? quote Captain yeah, Planet. Yeah, I knew you did, yeah, did saying loot and plunder. <laughs> you will pay for this, Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, I put that in there. <laughs> so you you keep twenty percent, eighty percent goes to the business. I imagine they needed some pirate accountants on, on yeah, staff. Yeah, god damn. To yeah. keep track of it all. Which she was already doing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's right. starting to she did it all. deputise a little bit. Yeah, I mean, a big part of leadership is um, delegating. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I hope she is, you know, sort of handing that out and yeah. uh, giving, taking some time for herself. It's hard yeah. when you're a perfectionist. <laughs> you want to get everything done me. just right. You're telling me. And I think she probably was. Yeah. But... In time, she's. You know, Dolly Parton looks over her own accounts. Yeah, perfectionist. She does her own accounting. Uh, she has accountants, but then she like she'll have a look over herself. She double as well. checks. Yeah. So she's really good on Excel. Yeah. Amazing. She knows how to like do all the sums and shit. That'd really take the pressure off if you're an accountant. You're like, oh, well, she's just gonna fix it anyway. Yeah. No worries. I'd be freaking out that she'd be. What, what's that, Warren? And he's like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know anymore. God, what's that tax? What does that mean? Uh. Do we pay that here? <laughs> uh, it should be noted that anyone caught disobeying the pirate code and stealing or hoarding treasure was immediately executed by having their head removed from their body. Okay. And how would they do that? Um, a very big sword. Oh, uh, they, they wouldn't just twist until maybe. it. Yeah, yeah. They like, like, lopped it. They lopped it off. Yeah, right. Classic lop. Uh, this wasn't the only rule implemented by Ching Shi. Pirates who gave unauthorized orders or those who refused to follow orders from a commander were also executed on the spot. Okay. This sounds like the kind of system where people start to die maybe when they don't deserve to. <laughs> hmm. You might be right. You might be right. Look, if you said that, you'd have your head chopped yeah. off. Yeah. Just it's, saying. It's like we've had stories like this in the past, like the, the witch... The witch hunt and stuff, where it'd be all like all of a sudden people like settling schools with friends. Uh, they're hoarding treasure. Yeah. She kissed the guy I liked. Yeah. <laughs> and she's hoarding treasure. Yeah. <laughs> Off with her head. Uh, no one was to steal from the public fund or any villages that supplied the pirates. Many villages were captured, and supplying pirates became the whole town's job. Supplying them with just like anything they needed. Yeah, food, drinks, souvenirs. Oh, yeah, magnets. Everyone gets a magnet. <gasps> wow. That was another rule. I want to be a pirate. For a small second, I thought you said magnum, and I was more excited. Yeah. <laughs> the ice cream? Yeah. Everyone gets mm. a magnum, but check your magnum ego at the door. <laughs> <laughs> female prisoners were to be... Tra- <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, ships don't have doors, so that That's doesn't That's one of the dumbest work. things anyone's ever said. <laughs> check your magnum ego at the door. <laughs> Look, if I could, I'd have your head chopped off right now for that, that insubordinate. <laughs> Dave, can we get a Magnum on the way home? Oh, my God. We're going to get Magnum. I'm driving Jess home after this. Uh, we're going to get Magnums on the way home, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, man, check your Magnum. <laughs> 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 Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P.com slash D-G-O. Uh, so back to the rules. Uh, female prisoners were to be treated much more respectfully than other parts of the world at the time. Uh, rape was treated as an extremely serious offence and any offenders were immediately executed. Yep. Lopped. Lopped. So that sounds good. But in the case of consensual premarital sex... Both the offenders were executed, so no banging on company time. Oh, oh even if the 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 boat is rocking. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, that was premarital. Were yeah. people married? I guess that would make sense. Pirate weddings. Yeah. yeah. What are they like? That's funny. They're, they're pirates, but they're still we like, do Oi. not do premarital sex. Yeah. Yeah, and if we do, we get killed. Apparently, it's not. It's really not worth it. Then is it? No. Well. Not from my Not how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Female prisoners were also segregated based on their looks. The weak and unattractive ones were freed as soon as possible. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which, it would be hard to know how to take that, wouldn't it? You'd be like, I want to be freed, but also, what a way to find out. I would tell myself I'm weak. Not unattractive, (laughs) just weak. You know? I'm a double threat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm weak and unattractive. Oh, mate. Join the club. All right. Um, the hot <laughs> ones were held back for ransom. So, uh, <laughs> which is, what about uh, the average ones? All right. Oh, that line ball call. You'd be like, you got to get a second opinion. What do you reckon about this one? Oh. Yeah. Nah, free him. Free him. They're like, oh, piss off. Come I, on. Okay, I'm having a bad day. I've got, I've got a pimple. But I've got usually, a shiny forehead. Exactly, okay. Usually I wipe down my face and I look great. Because I'm certainly not weak. I'm an absolute tank. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to be gathering much r- ransom money. You know what I mean? So I think they should let me go. Yeah, right. But not because I'm weak. No, because you're ugly. Is that what saying? Am I following that logic? Yeah. I would like that clip just taken <laughs> out out of context and then I can just use that against Matt. Yeah. Remember that time that you were putting Jess down? <laughs> Remember that time you called me ugly? Jess, you might be ugly, but that is not your value. <laughs> I like I like the idea that the pirate every time they announce whether you be freed or captured, they'd say, "Look, you're gonna have to go home, but not your value." Yeah. Not in this case, it is your value. Yeah. In terms of how much we're gonna. But honestly, it's a good <laughs> ransom thing, isn't it? you for. It means you get to go home. You get to go home. Yeah, and you probably won't die. So basically, it meant that the villagers left behind. There were entire villages full of ugly people. Yeah, right. Because they oh, kept all the the so hotties. And that would have like that's probably still having an effect today. Yeah. There'd yeah. be villages the in the area of. Ugly people. Uggos. Uggos. Mm, pirate villages. And weak Uggos. Yeah, yeah but, the, but there'd be pirate villages full of only hot people. 
Imagine the amount of jars in those weak Argo villages that go unopened. <laughs> Most of them starved. <laughs> Everything was in jar form. But <laughs> it was all just smashed jars on the ground. <laughs> People died from eating glass. <laughs> uh, pirates could marry these hot captives, but only if they agreed to it. Oh, only if the not? pirates agreed. Or no, only if the, the women were like, yeah, I'll marry you. Oh, right. that's kind of so nice. no force. And that's a, it's a, you're setting yourself up for again for some brutal reality checks when you go, hey, if you marry me, you can be free. Mm. No. I'll stay a prisoner. They, they close the gate. <laughs> yes. They close the door of their cell themselves. That's all right. Thanks. Throw away the key. That's yeah, fine. Stay here. Thank you. Happy to rot. Thanks. Or um, slop, please. I'm waiting for a, a better pirate offer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally, anyone who tried to desert was captured and had their ears cut off. Other punishments included flogging, quartering, and clapping the offenders in irons. Oh, okay. When <laughs> clapping sounded good, it was only in irons. <laughs> yeah, that's like less good. Just a huge applause. What is quartering? You would be chopped into four bits. Okay, well, so it's, it's a, as it sounds. And yeah. you probably don't... Hung, drawn, and quartered. I'd heard yeah. that a lot and I never knew what it meant. You probably don't really survive that, do you? Being quartered. No. No, but it's a horrible way to go because they hang you till you nearly die. Yeah. And then the drawing part is when they like they cut you open and rip your intestines and stuff out. I mean, And then they chop you in four. That feels unnecessary. I think that's starting to reflect poorly on the pirates if they're yeah. behaving in that they're way. They're going a bit far, hey? Yeah. yeah. Let's just make it quick. Yeah. Just know? behead me. Just better. Hop it off. Hop it. Come on. Give Imagine being hop. like, I'd really prefer to just lop my head off, yeah. if you don't mind. And I, I mean, it'll save you time. <laughs> 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 I'd rather have my head lopped. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, so it was a pretty brutal world, yeah. but because of this, Ching Shi's gang was extremely loyal and fierce in attack, even when outnumbered. If you're going to die for giving up anyway, you might as well fight on because you've got a chance. Yeah, okay. So they were like... Backs against the wall stuff. Yeah, stuff is like, well, if I run away, they'll kill me. But if I keep fighting, I'm, we might win, even if we're outnumbered. So they were very loyal. Wow. Uh, they made money by looting and capturing entire towns, taxing and collecting this cash and supplies from its inhabitants. It's been said that her dominance was so absolute that not a single ship moved in the whole South China Sea without the knowledge of Ching Shi's army. Wow. If any ship wanted to cross the South China Sea, which is massive... They had to pay a fee or they'd be plundered and possibly sunk along the way. Wow. Again, sinking, not great. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. They're quartering the boats. <laughs> 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 the same rules for people actually do apply to boats as well. Right, we, we'll chop your ears off the first time. <laughs> no pre-marital boat sex. Yeah, that's okay. right. If we catch you. Bumping uglies. Dunk, <laughs> <laughs> dunk. <laughs> dunk, dunk. That's hot. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's beautiful. That's Donk. how little tugboats get made. Oh, <laughs> I love tugboats. Yeah. They're so little and yeah. so strong. <laughs> Do you see you see yourself in them, don't you? <laughs> yes, because yeah. I'm very small mm, and dainty, so small. but so strong. so strong. Wow. What do you got in those legs, Iron? Yes. A very strong motor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not surprisingly, the Chinese monarchy did not like her. And neither did the other global superpowers of the time. But the, her crew evaded capture, and anyone that went after her regretted it. Chinese, Portuguese, and British naval ships were all lost to Ching Shi's fleet. Wow. So, like, entire armies, they'd be like, we're not going to pay the fee. We're the, we're Brit- the army. We're the Brits. We've 
conquered half the known world. We'll be right. And then they'd get halfway across and then they'd get attacked. Wow. In uh, January 1808, the Chinese uh, Qing dynasty really went after and had a series of battles. But Qing Shi was able to gain the upper hand and captured many of the government ships. She did this by offering anyone who defected their life and a place in her army. Embarrassingly for the emperor, lots of his subjects and a large portion of his navy defected. This only increased her power. Whoa. It's said that the choice for the defeated enemy was either you have your feet nailed to the deck of your boat and then you get beaten to death, or you can jump ship and join us and you even get uh, to celebrate the victory. I think I know what I'd be picking. Yeah, oh, do I have to marry that shit. guy though? Mm, yeah. Nail the feet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, why does this keep happening? Come on. I just oh. want to find love. <laughs> do I have to add it to the very end? Like she's going, oh, you can you can come and live your lives with us, live on, fight with us, or you have your, nail, your feet mm. nailed down, you go down with your ship. And uh, you have to marry me. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, no deal. Yeah. Oh, God. Bring out the nails. Yeah, that's all right. In fact, I'll just do it myself if you like. (laughs) (laughs) Making eye contact with him. No, this is because I don't want to marry you. Aww. (laughs) So she thwarted attempts by the Chinese emperor and did the same thing to the Portuguese navy and the powerful East India Company. Again, quoting from Atlas Obscura, an East India Company employee named Richard Glasspool was captured by Ching Shi's pirates in September 1809 and held until December of that year. In his account of the ordeal, he estimated that there were some 80,000 pirates under Ching Shi's command and some 1,000 large junks and 800 smaller junks and rowboats. So just for comparison, our main man, Blackbeard, that we've done the web series episode on, that mm-hmm. just reported on, he commanded four ships and had 300 <laughs> pirates. <laughs> and he's the most famous pirate. <laughs> She's crazy. Oh, she would have knocked him over in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Sounds like that would be one of the strongest armies in the world. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It should be noted that the, the most count about 17,000 male pirates directly under her control and the rest of the 80,000 were other pirate groups who agreed to work for her fleet. But still, it was huge. Yeah. 300 for Blackbeard. She's got at least 17,000. Wow. She's delegating. That's Yeah, tackling. that's what Blackbeard wasn't good at. He was all about his reputation, you know, and With just a like fizzling beard. Yeah. He was all theatre. He's all about. Yes, he was. He was just an actor. She's <laughs> she's a a fucking commander. Yeah, he trod the boards. She walked the plank. Yeah, <laughs> and she's she went in the ocean. Well, no, I've done this wrong. I meant to make him walk the plank. <laughs> yeah. no. Swimming around, trying to be cool. No, I meant it. No, I meant it. That's how her whole empire comes crashing down. <laughs> I bad, make them walk. Yeah, the bad pantomime. <laughs> oh, I do that every time. Oh I keep walking the plank. <laughs> so over in the West at this time, it was seen as bad luck for a woman to even be on a ship. Okay. But in the, in the China Sea during this time, the largest pirate armour in history was being led by a woman. Bad luck for who? The woman? The ship? Just in general? Yeah. Bad, how, bad luck for who? For Yeah, yeah for the ship. Okay, for a woman to be on it. Mm. Okay, that's baffling. I think uh, <laughs> I think she's maybe proven a few people wrong here. Yeah. Well, and apparently, apparently, it really pissed off the male emperor at the time that yeah that it was a lady. He that, he's like, but it's bad luck. 
Yeah, bad luck for you, Emperor. Yeah, it's funny. I think, uh, yeah, superstitions have uh, never made a lot of sense. Yeah. I do love a man upset that a woman is capable of something. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Steam coming out of Yeah, ears. that's always fun. Uh, learning from she herself and uh, how she was able to lure defectors to her side, the Emperor offered an amnesty to all pirates of the Red Flag fleet that would give themselves up, hoping to usurp Ching Shi's monopoly of the sea. So he was like, oh, you can walk away scot-free if you give up now. Trying to break her power. Yeah. That's fun. I love that kind of power play from the weaker party. Hey, yeah. we'll let you yeah. <laughs> quit now while you're way yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. You heard the phrase quit while you're ahead? Can you do that? Please? It really helped me out. Yeah. Because I've got no moves left. And I reckon in a few weeks I'll probably have to give up. I mean, what? Did <laughs> I we'll say go that? easy on yeah. you, I mean, yeah. if right. you do. It'll help you out a lot. <laughs> it was at this time that the Portuguese were getting fed up too. So they launched an attack on the Red Flag fleet for constantly attacking their ships. The fleet had previously defeated the Portuguese, but this time they sent in their biggest and best warships and the Red Flag fleet, the RFF, was severely outgunned. Oh. Over a series of battles called the Battles of the Tiger's Mouth. That's which is fucking so cool. cool. So that cool. is badass. Yeah, badass. The Battles of the Tiger's Mouth. There's big teeth Even in like there. the Tiger Mouth fleet is better than Red Flag yeah, That's cool. Fleet. The Tiger Mouth fleet. Like you that. Know? And then everyone like has an animal. Yeah. So there's a lion. Yep. A tiger. The beaver. Yep. They're like, what the fuck? There's a walrus there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a platypus and everyone's like, what the fuck is that? What, what and they're like, that? trust me. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah. It's one of only two monotremes, so <laughs> pretty cool. It's a pretty big deal. The plural is platypi. <laughs> everyone's like, fuck off, Gavin. Stop talking, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the middle of a battle and Gavin, you're making yeah. up animals. And Gavin's like, well, if someone would marry me, I would, I'd have something to do. <laughs> Gavin. I'm very lonely. He sucks. The males have venomous spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin. Right, Gavin, honestly, you don't get to participate in this battle today. I've got a tattoo. <laughs> all right, mate. All right, mate. We've all seen your tattoo. No one cares. <laughs> so um, this is the Battle of the Tiger's Mouth. Uh, the Portuguese continually defeated the pirates near Macau. Ooh. Leading the fleet was Ching Shi's son slash husband, uh-huh. Chung Po Sai. Despite the huge Chinese numbers, the pirate fleet had, in fact, uh, greater difficulties manoeuvring around the small Portuguese fleet without blocking each other or getting in the line of fire. There was actually too many of them. Yeah, right. To actually go anywhere. They'd be like, oh, oh, no, you're in the... Oh, no, oh, no. So the Portuguese gunners, on the other hand, could accurately fire explosive rounds on the concentrated mass of enemy junk. So they just massacred them, basically. Wow. Eventually, the junk ships retreated up a river where the large Portuguese ships couldn't follow, but the Portuguese countered by blockading the mouth of the river, trapping the pirates inside. The pirates, including their leader, Ching Shi, decided at this point to take advantage of the Chinese emperor's offer of clemency. Mm. The entire crew of the Red Flag Fleet, thousands of them, (gasps) were forced to surrender in 1810. Amazingly, they were even allowed to keep their loot. Oh, what's so that? I... I was wondering if they were going to actually come through on the deal. That's how desperate the government was to stop them. They were like, yeah, cool, cool, stop. But it's funny, and they're like, yeah, we're not absolutely about to get obliterated (laughs) by the Portuguese. So, yeah, (laughs) I I don't know why I haven't said it because it's not happening. This is our call. 
Yeah. And we've all had a chat about it. We just want to do the right thing. Yeah, we just wanted to like have a quiet life. Do you know what I mean? That's nuts. Wow. So according to Cindy Valor's History of Maritime Piracy, less than 400 pirates suffered any form of punishment. 60 were banished for two years, 151 exiled, and 126 were executed. But the remaining 17,318 pirates just surrendered their weapons and they got to keep their loot. Some of them were even offered jobs in the Chinese Navy, including Ching Shi's husband slash son, Chung Po, who received the rank of lieutenant and uh, took command of a private fleet of 20 junks. Oh, that's amazing. So That is crazy. Weeks earlier, they were like, he was like public enemy number one or two. Oh. And then they were like, you're Have pre- a fleet. Yeah, you'll be pretty good, actually. And what about Ching Shi? Uh, well, Ching Shi and Chung Po eventually had children of their own, making Chung both their father and big brother. That is so Hasn't weird. he? Surely he's relinquished one of those roles, yeah. right? Surely the son thing is not still... Is he still going, hey, and I'm your son too, <laughs> babe. <laughs> babe slash mum. I reckon he, I reckon they probably dropped that bit. Yeah, it's probably yeah. just... But you're, you're really stuck with it, yeah. making us all feel weird. Yeah, because yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to point out that he was their brother and their dad. That is weird and fun. Mm-hmm. That is, that fun. is fun. Yeah. Probably also a cousin somehow. Somehow. Uh, Chung Po would later die at sea, leaving Ching Shi widowed for a second time. After this, she moved the family to Macau, where she opened a gambling house and was also involved in the salt trade. And she was a very, very wealthy woman. She is a hectic life. All up, she'd only been in charge for three years, but had amassed the largest pirate fleet in history and taken command of the entire Chinese Sea, all by the age of 35. (laughs) Pretty awesome. Fuck! Pretty amazing. And she only appeared in the history books at 25. Before that, we don't even know. Yeah, who knows what she was doing then? Uh, She died in her bed, surrounded by her family at the age of 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's a rare peaceful end for someone involved in piracy. Yeah. Nearly every other pirate dies a horrible, horrible yeah, death. Yeah, I was expecting that. Yeah. I thought that's what the book no, is. She retired at 35, kept all the money, invested well in gambling and salt. And that was, and lived another, that was heart, like halfway yes, point. Yes, the whole of her second life. half of her life. And uh, just died surrounded by loved ones. Amazing life. Wow. Uh, characters based on Ching Shi have appeared in TV, film, and graphic novels, and even a children's book came out a couple of years ago. Some of our listeners might know that a character that is loosely based on her appears in the 2007 classic film, Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End, the ah. third one in the franchise. The character is called Mistress Ching and is portrayed by American actor Takayo Fisher. She's one of the nine pirate lords of the Brethren Court, ah. the powerful leader of the Pirate Confederation of China. I was so into the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. The first one is a lot of fun, isn't it? I was, like, obsessed with it. Watched oh, wow. it a lot. Got an eye patch. Got an eye patch. Got a bird. <laughs> I did have a bird yeah, around that time. Yeah. What kind of bird? I had a budgie. It wasn't quite like a macaw, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> sat in my shoulder. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, but I, how many of those movies are there? Because I don't well, remember that one them. at all. That's only number three. Yeah, maybe five. Yeah, there's too many of them. Yeah, and uh, reading just the Wikipedia for the film, at the time it was the most expensive movie ever made. They really invested in it. I don't oh. remember it. But there you go. Because I was going to say it's crazy that uh, that's not as well known a story, but it's probably also just maybe not super well known in our part of the world. 
And it yes. seems like it, it has been told in stories and films. Yeah, for sure. And there is yeah. a lot of things that I was reading that I hadn't heard of when I clicked on. They were sort of things in in China and yeah. countries around the, that area of the world that have adapted her in graphic novels for and sure. TV shows and movies. But that was the most famous sort of Western example yeah. that I could find. That is epic. What a life. Yeah, Ching Shi. Absolutely amazing. Thanks to everyone that suggested that topic. It's been in the hat a long time because you see like, – People, you can suggest a topic at any time. If you go to our website, there's a little link that you click and you can tell us why we should do it. And a lot of them say, hey, she's the most badass, successful pirate in history. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I want to look into this person. Yeah, we've done a few done a few stories about pirates or, I don't know, adventures on the high seas. Mm. They always mm. go down well. They're, they're fun. It's a wild time. Yeah. It just seems like a real lawless, wild time. And it just doesn't happen anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there are st- there's still pirates. Yeah, I think so. But not like this. Yeah. Not with big caches of treasure buried under an X like they definitely did back then. Yeah. yeah now the good it's old days maps. of pirating. Now it's more DVDs and yeah. other uh, you obsolete technology. You wouldn't steal a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine playing that to them. Yeah, I would. Of course I would. <laughs> Doing it right now. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Drive off in your <laughs> car on from yeah, I'm, I'm watching this pirated DVD on the DVD player and the stolen Mercedes I just stole. So. Dave, that was a fantastic report. Thank you so much. Well, with that pesky report out of the way, now it's time for everybody's favourite section of the show, the fact, quote, or question. And I'm afraid Matt has had to go because he's a big showbiz guy. He had to go film something. Oh, la di da. I've got to go. I'm a big movie actor. Oh, okay, superstar. I got Tom Cruise on speed dial. Okay, can I talk to him, please? You put me on. <laughs> he never puts us on. He never does. Uh, but because Matt's here, uh, not here, I'm going to be doing the fact, quote, or question, which I believe Jess has a little jingle. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. <laughs> oh, incredible. Do you feel a lot of pressure reading the fact, quote, or question? I had to do it, uh, had to, had the pleasure of doing it. Um, a few months ago, and definitely felt immense pressure. I do feel a bit of pressure because, uh, like Matt, I haven't read these until I read them now, yeah. so could definitely stuff it up. But if you're not familiar, this section of the show, this is part of our Patreon section. If uh, people support the show on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Package at, uh, rest in peace, of course, uh, patreon.com slash pod, as well as all the other tiers, which gets three bonus episodes, access to the Facebook group, pre-sale stuff, uh, a newsletter once a week that we you put together, Jess, and we all sort of give us an up, update of what we're doing, a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. Lots of rewards, but this one, uh, you get to uh, be part of the fact, quote, or question, which means you give us a fact, quote, or a question, and uh, you also give yourselves a title. Yeah, lots of creative titles too. And uh, we've got four this week, and um, first up we have Nathan Damon. Damon. Daman. We know Nathan, Nathan Damon. Damon. Who uh, has given himself the title of Apprentice Chisel chisel Sharpener for the Dugo on Mount Rushmore Construction Project. Ah, uh, yes. That's an important job. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm assuming that the Mount Rushmore is the three of us plus either Sydney Sid- Shimeberg <laughs> himself or Nick Mason. What do you reckon? It's probably Mason. Probably Mason, yeah. The fourth Beatle. The fourth Beatle, Mason. So. And just got a better looking head. Yeah. Than Scheinberg, I Much reckon. Much better. Yeah. Good beard. Yeah, it's probably easier for them to construct too because he's got he, – because Mesa's got a real look. Yeah, I reckon beards must be easier than chins, hey? Yeah. Chins are hard. 
Jaws. Oh, yuck. Difficult. Especially if they're chiseled like ours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but thanks to Nathan for keeping the chisel sharp. <laughs> Uh, and he's given us a quote this week, and that is, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is, never try. Mm. And that is from Homer J. Simpson, and Nathan's written, just in case you didn't manage to get a Simpsons reference in this episode. And I don't think we did, I'm Nathan. I'm not sure that we did, Nathan. I think you might have saved us there. Wow. What a perfectly timed quote. Yeah, thank you so much. And just in case, can I just say, uh, Skinner says the teachers will crack any minute. Purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much, Nathan, for really picking up the slack there. Yeah. I feel like I really let everyone down by not giving one. No, hey, no, it's not just on you. It's mostly on you, but it's not just your responsibility. That's right. Uh, well, actually, when we look at this, uh, Jacob Lane, one of our Patreon supporters, famously does a, uh, a Simpsons audit every week where he writes down the references that we make and then what episode they come from. Um, and when he does, it's not always just me. There's plenty from Matt and plenty from you too. So we oh, do. <laughs> not plenty from me, but it's always a delight when I get on the board. It's probably also a delight for, for Jacob to get to the end and go, oh, I don't have to worry about it this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But sucked in, Jacob. Sucked in. You're going to have to credit one to uh, Nathan Damon. <laughs> uh, next up, we have uh, Jessica English, who says their title is Council of Maritime Law, exclusively working on getting the pod into international waters. Oh, your dream. Definitely, but a quite lo- fitting for today's topic too. Yes, and a lot of contract work would have to be done. Yeah, so appreciate the great work from Jessica English, mm. who's given us a question. The question is, how do you not get paralysed with indecision? I'm not speaking well with indecision. <laughs> indecision. In, this, Matt really doesn't read this before he reads this. He does a great job. How do you not get paralysed with indecision? When trying to pick a topic from the hat or even a couple to put up for the vote. Uh, thank you all for being a joy of all the joy you bring. It has been a real big assist this year. Looking forward to the world tour. Yeah, which we're, you know, halfway through. So halfway I hope you're through. enjoying it. Um, that is a fantastic question. And uh, the answer is we do get paralysed with indecision. Uh, it's not paral- It's not indecision, especially when you're sort of trying to find a few that you can put up to the hat. Uh, put up to the vote, I mean. Um, but sometimes I would spend hours trying to find a topic that either I'm into that yeah, grabs my attention or... Sure. I, yeah. I'm totally with you. Often, because we usually put up three for the vote. I don't know if you find this. You find two. You've got to find a third one that's worthy. Yeah. You spend another hour going going through, because there are over 5,000 suggestions. Now. Oh, even more than that now. I think it's like close to 7,000. Wow. So it is uh, obviously... Quite a lot of suggestions. It's so much. And I generally would often put up four topics as well. Oh, good for you. Yeah, just to give heaps of options. Well, I have found that I had to put up, because uh, we're doing geographic-specific ones for the world tour, for this topic, finding three Asian topics, having something to look for, that made it easier. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And especially when you're like, I've got to do a Patreon bonus episode, I'll look for, because that's one of the options yeah, like people mark them as, yeah. this would be a good mini one, yeah. Or a Christmas one, or that can be really helpful. But, yeah, especially when you don't really have a specific theme you're looking for. So you're just like, it could be anything. It could be a serial killer or a biography or just a fun World War II story or something. Yeah. There's so many that it can be it can be a very long process of just pulling ones out to then put up to the vote, and then you start researching once yeah, the that's votes right. come in. Because you've got to do that, like you were, I think you were saying on this episode, you do it. A 
little bit of a, like you know a search to make sure that the topic is enough. Yeah. So you got to do that three or four times. Yeah. And they're just the ones that get picked. So yeah, no, it can be hard. Um, but often I got to say the ones that stick out are the ones where people have pitched it really well. Yeah, that's true. Or given good resources, that you, then you can sort of yeah just click on that link and go, oh okay, I can read a bit about yeah, this. Yeah, there's a story here. But there's definitely some as well that I go, oh, what's this? And I Google it and go, oh, that's fucked. Um, I won't do that. Um, or, oh, there's barely any information on it. If it doesn't even have a decent Wikipedia page, you're like, oh, there's probably not going to be a lot of info on this. Yeah, that means because there's no other sources to make that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your question, Jessica English. Great question. Uh, next up now is Katie Murphy. Thanks so much for your support. Katie has given herself the title Sticking with Podcast Head of Ethnomusicology. That's a great title. Why wouldn't you stick with exactly. it? Exactly. And you're doing great work. And... Uh, Katie's giving given us a quote this week, and that is, uh, even the prim and proper Judy Garland was not one to use profanity very often, but Liza Minnelli shared an anecdote from a time they were confronted by a particularly frustrating fan, a drunk old woman in a public restroom. She knocked on the bathroom stall Judy was in, slurring her praises and urged her to, quote, never forget the rainbow, Judy, <laughs> over and over again, to which Garland scathingly replied, quote, how can I forget the rainbow? I've got rainbows up my ass. Nice. <laughs> I've got rainbows up my ass. Oh, my God. That sort of reminds It's like a panicked kind of comeback where it doesn't fully make sense. <laughs> it's like when we were in Mexico uh, when I was eight years old um, and that we were walking through, like, markets and people were trying to sell us stuff and this guy had all – he had his entire arm, he had um, necklaces all up his arm trying to sell necklaces and he was like, you know, any of these, they're real gold. And my mum meant to say, yeah, real gold, my ass," But what she said was, as real as my ass." <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, what? Does mum have a fake butt? <laughs> It's like you could just say no, thanks, mum. It's all right. Oh, but she's just like she's just been hassled too many times. I know the feeling. Yeah. Sometimes you just go. This, you just get overwhelmed. I don't want it, and you're in my face, and as real as my ass. Very funny. Um, rainbows up my ass. It's- That's great. Um, Judy Garland swearing at you. You would not forget that. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Katie. And finally, the main man Gary J from the UK has given us a. Uh, a fact, but his um, title is Mister UK nineteen eighty four. What a claim! <laughs> great stuff. I cannot dispute it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the fact from Gary J is John Lithgow turned down the role of Doctor Fraser Crane in Cheers. <sighs> his reasoning being, he said TV acting was below him, and he saw himself as a movie star. He regretted that choice and starred in such shows as... (laughs) (laughs) I just left that there. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Third Rock from the Sun, I'm thinking. Yep. The Crown. Oh, yeah, he's in The Crown, of course. He was great as Winston Churchill. Yeah, he was really good. Um, John Lithgow's great. He is very, very good. It's so funny that he's like, TV is so below me, but a whole generation of his fans know him from Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, absolutely. And he was fantastic in Third Rock from the Sun. He was so good at... So manic and crazy and... Dick Solomon and... I recently watched, uh, speaking of his movie career, uh, Cliffhanger, the Sylvester Stallone film for the first time last week from the 90s. John Lithgow is the bad guy, and uh, he does make a good psychopath. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, he's big work, of course, third rock. Yeah. That's a great fact, Gary. Well done. Thanks, Gary J. 
Well, that brings us to everyone's other favourite part of the show. Equal favourite. Equal favourites, um, where we shout out, give some thanks to the people uh, who do support us over on patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. Um, and if you are on the associate producer or above level of Patreon, then you get one of these shout outs. And um, some of these people have been waiting for a long time. And... Uh, Now's their time to shine. Well, it's definitely worth the wait because, Jess, you always come up with a game with a way that we can shout out to them in the theme of the episode. Yeah. And I can't stop thinking about the red flag fleet. First of all, so hard to say. It's a bit clunky. Second of all, it, it's not at all intimidating. Yeah. Um, it doesn't – I wouldn't be proud to be in the red flag fleet. It's no. so hard to say. It is hard. I'm hoping that maybe uh, the original Cantonese or something was – Oh, yeah. Maybe that rolled off the tongue a bit better and our cooler. clunky translation. But still, you think about it, the red flag fleet, just the overall imagery is not really there. You say it so much easier than me. Red flag fleet. Oh, I hate it. Anyway, so I was thinking maybe we could give them uh, a much cooler gang title. Oh, yeah. Fleet, gang, posse, whatever you want it to be. But, you know, we could just give them like a a bit of a street cred. All right. What do you reckon? I love it. Okay. Good. I'm proud of us. Um, Shall I start? Please. I would love to thank uh, from Missoula... MT? I just looked it up because I had to be sure because there's so many M's. Yeah. Uh, Montana, that Oh, Montana. One. Yes. Missoula and Montana. I would love to thank Anna Milheim. Anna Milheim. That's a fantastic name. Yeah, that is good. Milheim is good. Anna is good. Anna Milheim. Oof. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, what do we know about Montana? Anything? Uh, I say that to you. Okay. I don't know anything. There's that book in school that I studied, Montana 1948. Hannah Montana. Oh, okay, great. Okay, great. Here we go. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe something like Miley Cyrus, like a Cyrus. Um, oh, Cyrus the Virus. Oh! The nickname of uh, John Malkovich's character in Con Air, one of my all-time favorite action <laughs> movies. Cyrus the Virus. I like that. Yeah. And they're obviously a, a, a gang that... Um, Hijacks planes. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, oh, the coolest. <laughs> thank you, Anna. Thanks for your support. I would also love to thank uh, from Hampshire in Great Britain. I would love to thank Phil Ellis. Phil Ellis. Phyllis. 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 How about uh, the Dirty Harpoons? Holy shit, that's good. Not sure where it came from, but I love it. The dirty harpoon. Because if they're going to, you'd be worried if they hit you with a harpoon, you're going to get an infection. Totally. Or yeah. You're like, oh, they haven't cleaned their harpoons. Yeah, clean it. Oh, my God. Clean harpoons, please. Yeah. They're like, nah. Nah, this is a the dirty, dirty harpoon. <laughs> he likes, they spit on their harpoon before they throw it yeah, at you. Yeah, when they get a brand new one, they dirty it up first. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly, it's, it wastes a lot of time, but they're very committed to yeah. it. Um, so thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Fuck, we're doing so well. I'm so proud of us. And I'd also love to thank from Pimpama, Pimpama in Queensland. Amazing. I've never heard of that. Pimpama, just in case. I'd love to thank Joel Broom. Joel Broom. Sweep, something sweep. The clean sweep. sweeps. Yes, the clean sweeps. That's great. Get it, Broom. That Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> that's a good bowling team. Yeah, the clean sweeps. And they are just like 300 every yeah. fucking game, baby. Uh, strike, strike, strike. 
Very cool. Spare. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Do you want to thank some people? Uh, thanks, Joel Broom. I would like to thank, yes, from uh, Austell in Georgia in America, Caroline Stoltz. Caroline Stoltz. Hmm. I mean, I always go sweet Caroline. Of with course, that. Okay. yeah, and I'm sure Caroline gets that so often. That okay, she's what about even politely okay, laughing now? So, how about I set you up? Okay, the sour pusses. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You had to know that was going to happen. The sweet, yeah, the sour, that's better than, <laughs> better than the sweet pusses. pusses. <laughs> the sour pusses. Yeah, and they're just kind of like they're just sort of like the bad girls. Yeah. You know, they're the popular girls, but they're kind of bitchy. <laughs> but everyone still wants to be them. Of course. Yeah. Every guy wants to be with them. Every girl wants to be them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what it's like. I'm so sorry, Caroline. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Caroline Stoltz and the Sour Pusses. <laughs> uh, going back to Montana again, ah! uh, from Bozeman in Montana, I would like to thank Anita Matthews. Anita Matthews. Anita Matthews. Okay. All right. I'll set you up. Okay. The well, I didn't have anything to set you up. The whistling fire breathers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very I think cool. that works. They're a circus troupe. Yep. But again, the bad boys of the circus troupe. Oh. Yeah. They will fuck you up. The fire breathers are the bad boys of the circus troupe. Big group, time. Surely. Yeah. yeah. All the strong men. They're always a bit like, whoa, you're strong. Yeah, yeah, that's you know what I mean? Yeah. God, I want to do trapeze. I want to do trapeze so badly. Really? Yeah. Do you think you'd be scared? Nah. I'm not sure I have the core strength, though. I need to work on that, and then I want to do trapeze. I love the idea of going to a PT. <laughs> what, so what do you want to get out of this? What are your I goals? want to do trapeze. <laughs> I want to have enough core strength to be able to lift my feet up and uh, <laughs> put them over a bar and then let a nice strong man catch me. What do you think? They're like, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Here's your 11-week plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and finally for me, I would like to thank from Beedale or Beedale, North Yorkshire, Ian Hayes. Ian Hayes. Thank you, Ian Hayes. Ian Hayes. Okay. From North Yorkshire. Um, the light... Moths. The light moths. Yes. Yeah, light yeah. moths. They're only out at night time. Mm-hmm. And people flock to them. Yeah. Like moths they're to like, a light. Yes. We are so good at this. Yeah, we are so good at naming badass pirate crews. Incredible. Ian Hayes, the light moths. Thank you so much to Ian, Anita, Caroline, Joel, Phil, and Anna. You're all absolute legends and you complete us there's just one more thing that we need to do dave do you want to explain uh what the trip ditch club is while i find the trip ditch club yes please <laughs> uh so we've given a few people a shout out there but um the shout outs don't descend there Mm-mm. because uh, people that have been on that level for the shout out for three consecutive years without dropping off which is a huge feat to commemorate that massive uh, we've come up with a thing called the trip ditch club which is uh you know Special little lounge. Yeah, a little lounge slash uh, bar slash club, whatever you want it to be, basically. Mm. Uh, we lift up the Velvet Rope each week and welcome a few people in as life members to the Trip Ditch Club. Yeah. There's usually a musical act that I book. You organise some hors d'oeuvres. Yep. Usually a drink. Yep. Have you got any ideas? Well, it's so handy that I went out for a very nice lunch today for a friend's birthday because then I have like 
ideas in my head of foods other than just the same three takeaways I've been ordering quite frequently in lockdown. Um, So hors d'oeuvres wise, we've got some uh, pumpkin uh, arancini. Oh, I love pumpkin arancini. I love arancini in general. Yeah. So yum. Uh, and we also had, I mean, in the Triptych Club, we have an assortment of wood fire pizzas. I'm sorry, have you just got your leftovers that you've just driven in to the club? I wish there was leftovers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and drinks wise, um, uh, mojitos. Oh, I love mojito. So refreshing. Mm. A few different uh, flavors. And we also have espresso martinis if you need a little pick wow, me up. Wow, we're going all out this week. And they're really nice ones too. They're really good. So, yeah, there's that. And who's playing this week? Well, to celebrate our time in Asia, I've actually been able to ink a contract with uh, Asia's hottest act right now, the Korean band BTS. No way. Can you believe it? I can't. They're huge. All six, seven or eight members. I can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember either. But that is, I know that's a big deal. Yeah, light me up like dynamite if I am to quote one of their songs, I believe. Wow. This is this is probably one of our biggest gets. Yeah, for sure. They are so hot right now. They are so hot. <laughs> so hot, hot, hot. And, Dave, you'll be very happy to know that we only have two people uh, to welcome into the Triptych Club this week because it is your job to sort of hype them up. Um, and it's like it's something that you're very good at but that you also find quite stressful now. Yes, I freeze in the moment. It became a thing <laughs> where I would hype people up sort of as a – I definitely did it as a joke yeah. and then uh, now – it's expected. Yeah, and so the pressure is on. But then that's where I came in to then hype you up. Yeah. Which is going to be kind of hard today because I also have to take the role of Matt and read them. Yeah, you're basically like emceeing the guest list. I'm hyping them up, then you're my hype man as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like I can do it. So welcoming in to the Trip Ditch Club from Manchester in Great Britain, it's Jack Marsland. Woo! Taking you straight to Marsland. Yeah! Yeah. Woo! Woo! And also from Mount Glorious in Queensland, (laughs) Timothy Barry. Well, things just got Mount Glorious in here tonight. Yes! See? Oh, imagine if I missed that one. Yeah, that was... To be honest... Honestly, when I read Mount Glorious, I was like, oh, my God, Dave. It's all over. I <laughs> didn't even listen to the surname. <laughs> what was it? Timothy Barry. Barry? Well, you've won the Barry Award. There we go. Which doesn't exist anymore, it's but it used to that, be the Comedy but... Festival Best Show Award, so well done to you. Barry Humphreys has said some pretty problematic things, so we went, oh, let's not name yeah. an award after him anymore. Yes. But he's very old. Anyway, um, so thank you to Jack Marsland, Timothy Barry, and all the other patrons that we thanked and for everybody for listening to this episode. And uh, if you enjoyed listening, uh, you can also watch this episode. That is absolutely correct, Jess. If you'd like to watch this episode, uh, just go to sospresents.com because we did a live stream of it and you get to watch the episode with extra bits that we uh, have edited out of the audio because it didn't make sense because we were doing some visual stuff. Yeah, we were being a bit silly. We were mucking around. My head got a little bit shiny yeah. and then uh, <laughs> and it distracted me during the report. But you didn't know because I seamlessly, I imagine, edited that out. Uh, and then also we did an extra like maybe 45-minute extra show that Matt's come up with called Who Knew It with Matt Stewart? He was taking us through some uh, crazy facts about Asia. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And those streams, uh, we get, well, at the time of recording, we've got a couple more to do. And they'll be available on SOSPresents.com for 
forever, essentially. So if you're listening to this three months down the track, a year down the track, and you think, oh, damn it, I missed it. No, you didn't. Yeah, okay. just go there and you, buy, you get a season pass. You get all four of the season for the price of three. And uh, you can do that with also the two previous seasons. This is actually the 10th one we've done this year. Which is crazy. Um, we've been very lucky to be able to do that during COVID. We're, we're very, very pleased with that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can go check that out. Uh, that would be very nice of you. How do we get? How do we boot this home? Uh, we just say thanks to everyone and go to dogoonpod.com for all the links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our YouTube channel, and our Gmail if you'd like to email us. And follow me on Instagram, please, Jess Perkins. She's very close to 10,000. I need this. You do. I need this. Your self-esteem is on the line. Yeah, it's at an all-time low. But if I just get to 10,000, maybe then I'll feel good about myself. Yeah, I reckon that's a guarantee. (laughs) Uh, So thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Waiters, bye. (laughs) Had to do both, but I think I did very well. Very well. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.